And good morning to you. A happy Wednesday. It's Bruce and Judy. Let's dance, shall we? You know what? I got to start by saying. The weather forecast for the next 24 hours contains the words. Temperatures in the 60s and chance of snow. That is ridiculous. <laughs> that Chicago. is absolutely That's just ridiculous. That is, it's an outrage is what it is. Oh, for God's sakes. Again, I, I, I don't know if I need SPF 30 or mittens. Yeah, I'm really kind of uh, stuck in the middle. Uh, you know, but as the weather does warm up and as we get into uh, hashtag normal, um, it may take a little easier for people to exercise. They can get out and about, uh, you know, maybe not cooped up inside as much or uh, having to dodge uh, ice falling from buildings or snow on the ground, right? But a lot of people don't like exercise. And by a lot of people, I mean most of us. Uh, exercise is like... Um, going to the dentist <laughs> you know it, it, okay i know i need to do it from time to time but i'm not, I'm not gonna like it for goodness sake yeah although i find lately i feel like people do like to exercise everyone i know exercises i used to know all these slugs and i really like them like me now everyone exercises so they're making you feel bad about it well i don't like to exercise i just don't i never have i don't think you're alone um uh, but researchers say you could Train, or dare I say, trick your brain into liking exercise? I I find this hard to believe. I, you know what? I very rarely fool myself. Is this one of these, it's like, it takes problem. 21 days to create a habit or something like that? Have you ever heard that? You know, anything you do? Right. If you do it for 21 days. So I got to work out for 21 days and I can trick my brain into going, because I love this. Because you obviously this feel better. You do. There's not. I don't think there's anyone who you says. You say obviously. No, I mean, I have exercised during my life. There have been periods where I've gone. I used to, you know, I went to a personal trainer for like a year and I did feel better. Oh, and I, hated I did. It. But I never, yeah, I never loved it. I felt better. That was the part that tricked my brain. Didn't matter that I didn't really like it. I felt good. And so it was worth it. I well, guess. maybe that's the disconnect for me because I don't feel better. Mm. I'm in pain. Your joints hurt. Everything your lungs hurts. Yeah. I'm, I want to have a nap <laughs> and you. a cookie. You know, I'm like, none of this is worth it to me. You know, feel the burn. I don't want to burn. You yeah. know, no pain, no gain. No, I, I operate see, on the no pain, no pain scale. I like being active. There, so there is that. It's not. I just don't like. I don't like the routine of exercising. You like know what the mean? I don't like the, of it. the ritual of it. Yeah, I love being active. I love bike riding, swimming. I walk around. You know, run, I don't run. I, yeah. but I walk fast. I like <laughs> to be active. I don't like to have a schedule where I yeah. have to go to the gym and do my thing. Feels like Even work. Though, well, I've been doing it the past few days. I've been going upstairs to the mm -hmm. gym. It's okay, but I go with someone, so it's better that way too. Cause More we just, social. We talk the whole time, and then before you know it, I've walked a, I've walked a half hour, so that's okay. great. But even that, I just, I'm, I, my brain tells me no, no, no. Every time I do it, even though I feel better, <laughs> it's like no, don't do it, don't go up, don't push don't. the button, stop, exactly, slow down. I, I just take I a nap. And it's weird because I have, uh, from a lot of my life, been surrounded by people who actually, my family, specifically my brother and sister, very into. Being fit, like bodybuilding. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Well, that's tough to be around them then. Yeah, not really. Really? No. I run. Didn't care. Uh, when chased, and they got to be big. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm 6'2, you know, I mean, so they really better be somebody I'm you afraid of. You know what? Of. I wouldn't even run. I'd be like, yeah, what? Yeah, screw it. Let's just fight this out. <laughs> because I can't even run. <laughs> because if I run and you catch yeah. me and we have to fight, I'm out of breath. Absolutely. So let's just, let's just get to it now.
Right? That's a one way to look at when, it. Whenever that, it first came out way back when about running a mile and what was it, like seven minutes or something? Oh, really? Is that the well, I don't barometer? know. Something like that. I, whatever it was, my dad mm-hmm. made us, when we were, I was young. I remember we were at the lakefront. We were like at Montrose and he made us run a mile. He timed run us. Run a mile. I think I was throwing up at the end. <laughs> I Maybe that's why I just there thought you go. it. It's <gasps> trauma. It was the trauma of that. Childhood might, trauma. Yeah, why did we have to run a mile? Someone already did it in seven minutes. Why did we have to do it? Well, a lot of people have gotten maybe out of the habit of, of working mm, out. Yeah. And, and, you know, routines changed and working from home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So gyms, people are going back into the gyms. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good thing, right? You see some, uh, well, they're open, for goodness sakes. They were closed for a while. Uh, but people are getting back into there. But never never underestimate the uh, the sloth-like manner of Americans <laughs> where Gyms are saying they're seeing an increased demand for gentler classes. Yeah, you call it sloth. No, it's holistic. It's a better word. They're saying that people are requesting more times, you know, for like naps. Lie on the mat in a dimly lidded room. Uh, you know, uh, call it yoga if you want. They want a massage. That's not working out. Um, It is. Who knew you could work out and not move? That is my kind of workout. <laughs> I'm a practically Olympic level of that, for well, goodness sake. This sakes. is all about people saying they care more about how they feel than how they look. Oh. So if you think of it that way, I get it. I mean, these people look very, very comfortable and at peace and happy and sort of fit. Well, it, so Lifetime is one of the big ones. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. I mean, the size, by the way, yeah, it's like crazy. the biggest building in town usually. I'm like, what? That's a light. Okay. They've installed these um, recovery zones, mm-hmm. I guess you'd say. And they have hydro massage lounge chairs. So it looks like a, like a big uh, lazy boy you sit in and it's got a hide. And so people are going there and, quote, working out yeah. by sitting in the hydro l- 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 massager for an hour. I could do that. How much do I got to pay lot, lifetime for that? There's a lot of snoring going on. This is all wrong. This is not what you do with the It gym. is right. It no, is the way. No, it is. It's all about the pump. Oh, the most satisfying feeling you can get in the gym is the pump. Let's say you drain your biceps. Blood is rushing into your muscles, and that's what we call the pump. That's not what they call it. I call, get it, to the I call it, yeah, nearer to death. All right. Listen, but, but it's not a tumor. Let, let me let me pose this to you. You know, you were talking about going on that, doing your walks, going into yeah. the gym in the morning. Do you ever hit that uh, that point where you kind of get the endorphin rush? Yeah, I guess it's like a natural no. opioid. Yeah, you you, you yes, feel high. No, you it, feel like weirdly high when you're on the treadmill. But that's not that's unusual. If you get that, I, I mean, know, people do get it, but that's I good if you get it. I, I hit think the you, wall quicker. Usually yeah. about <laughs> five minutes in, you gotta push through the, the wall, wall, Bruce. Hit the Come wall. Come on, Bruce. You I gotta you gotta get the I'm pump. Al- you know what? I'm always chasing the high, and I never catch it. Mm. It's not worth it. No, I, I know what you mean, though. No, there is a point where I do feel good. Not good enough to do it again the next day. Oh no! That's I talk. I can day. talk mm-hmm. myself. That's the thing. What does it mean when I literally talk myself out of it? Instead of just getting up, getting dressed, going, which is fairly easy. Simple. No. You don't do it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I love the idea that all these gyms are are putting in easier classes. More rest time but built people, into it. People want they they want to go to the gym and have a lie down. Yes, 
They oh, want to feel good. It is important, though, for your health to rest, even when you are doing heavy yeah, but work. But do I need to pay twenty five dollars a month to do that? <laughs> I don't know how much. It but there's is no one there to gym. bother you. You know, that's the thing. People go to the gym so that they can get away from people, even mainly their family. It's full yeah. of people. Hey, you don't talk uh, to those people. Them. Nobody talks at Put the your gym. Earbuds in. Yeah. You listen to uh, all things considered, and just float away, float away to some other land. And and just get, you know the, the recovery area. You know you you, you exercise mm-hmm. recover and and the gym say they're seeing more people just screw it. I'm yeah, just going I, to the recovery I, area. My last my last the gym there was a hot tub. What? Hot tub? Yes, we had a pool and a hot tub. I mean, I went in that hot after every first I'd work out, then I would go to the pool because they also had. A pool. Now that's the one thing I do enjoy because I love the water. So I'll do some exercising in the water. I think we call that swimming. Okay, or, not really. Like no, 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 no. I'm talking. No, it's jazz or something. It's yeah, water aerobics. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. Oh, my grandmother does oh, that. You have these weights. Try getting weights to the water. No. But here's the thing. If they offered uh, the holistic approach, and I just had to like lie on a a raft. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. God, I in would be so tub. happy. I yeah. believe that's called a lazy river. I was pretty yes. sure. It is. Yeah, if there was a lazy too. river. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm working out. Exactly. Where? Six Flags. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Don't interrupt me. Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah. feeling the burn. I'm feeling the burn. Uh, that's because you need, yeah, you need that peace of mind. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to trick my brain into liking exercise. There's a lady sitting on this, what looks like a massage chair, and she's got these things in her legs called TheraBody. Hey, good morning to you, and a happy Wednesday. It's a little blustery outside today, yeah? Warmed up a little, but yeah, the wind is picked up as well. Could be some serious gusts. Bruce and Judy with you, uh, and don't forget... Hey, this Thursday night, uh, so we could do tomorrow night, Bill O'Reilly is in town. He's going to be performing at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan. It's, well, Bill O'Reilly live. All right. Get into the no spin zone. Hey, you want some tickets? Not only will we give some away, but you can check it out. Get your own tickets right now. WLSAM.com and join us tomorrow night for Bill O'Reilly live. So, um, have you ever gave a gift to someone and then asked for it back yeah um so peyton manning fantastic quarterback let's get that out of the way um when tom brady retired he sent him a note and a pretty pricey bottle of wine a handwritten note yeah congratulations on your retirement you know is that well then tom brady unretired does tom brady have to give the wine back (laughs) I'm sure he already drank it for one. Does he? I mean, come on. Give the note back. He could save it for the next time Tom Brady retires. You know, he... No, you don't. You can't ask for something. If you give a gift, it's gone forever. Mm -hmm. I have given um, someone a shower gift. A baby shower. uh, Wedding shower. Wedding shower, sorry. And then they didn't get married. Oh, kept all the stuff just decided to kind of wait and they're still to this day not married never got married you can not do even that? together wait a minute you can do that oh yeah 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 they they canceled the wedding hmm didn't get married just trying to think about how i could get some more stuff yeah that's one way <laughs> good luck with that um you have to be pretty believable yeah and, and even in that case i mean if they don't give it back you can't really ask it's believe me a lot that pissed off a lot of people I can only imagine. Yeah, it it was not cool. Come so, to the shower. Otherwise, bring a present. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're not getting married. 
No, it's like, you know, we used to, when I, back in the days, uh, you know, when I was younger and married and we had a lot of parties, we would actually like, um, we would plan a lot of events. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people sometimes had to pay for stuff, whatever. We do, would do a boat cruise on Lake Michigan. But, you know, it was amazing. People always complained, no matter what. And then it was funny because my husband always would get so upset when people wouldn't, if we weren't invited somewhere, if they didn't plan something. And I'm like, that's not why you do it. Mm. You plan it. We plan events because we like to do it and we like to have fun. It's the same with gifts. You can't give someone a gift expecting them to return the favor ever. Or even, yeah. I can't tell you. That's you a know wrong what? reason to give one. I will tell you, I've been holding on to this for quite a while, too. In two instances, I never got a thank you note for a wedding gift. And I think that hmm. is, yeah. And Tom should be listening closely because that is one That's time. That's kind of a standard, isn't oh it? Oh, my gosh, yes. It's got to be handwritten, too, not and, a generic one. Okay, I don't even thank care. Thank you no, for the blender. I'm happy with the generic one. Thank you for your generous gift. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine. Because then I worry... There's a part of me that says, did they ever get my gift? Oh. Did they, you know what I mean? Did they, if they didn't acknowledge it. there was a big it, table full of gifts. Yeah. Who knows what they, uh, I, Well, and, I always give cash. Oh, oh, my. you know, and check cash. I mean, I give money. Is that what I should do? My nephew's getting married. Uh, it, you know, there are two, there's two ways to go. Yeah. There are people who only give gifts, which is very weird to me. How, how much cash do you give it away? Oh, we're up, we're up pretty high there now. No, least, I mean. At least $200. Minimum 200 Yeah. Okay. A person. What do you mean? I mean, if you're a couple, probably it's four hundred dollars. Well, I'm thinking you could you could probably get away with three hundred for a couple. I mean, and if you okay. know about the wedding, if you know where it is, what they're doing. I mean, there's some weddings where just it, it, it. That's I could go on and on all day about that. So is that like the Italian thing? Is like the mafia? I walk up and I hand them an envelope or something. Okay, you know, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Don't don't have them cash. You know? Don't like slip them some cash. No, I don't in the do that. No, no. Don't, don't do it like that. Put it that. in a car. And they all have a oh. box there or a basket. And really? You put the card in. Yeah. I don't go to a lot of weddings. Yes, I have a phobia. Have, no, I'm allergic to <laughs> You're afraid it'll catch? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I have a recurring nightmare. You'll catch the marriage bug? I have a recurring nightmare that I show up at a wedding, minding my own business, by the way, and somehow I end up married at the end of it. I'm like, how did I get married? Wait a minute. You call you know, it it's a like, nightmare? It's like when you, when you go to a, a, an auction and you uh, uh, you wave at somebody across the room and you end up buying a million dollar painting. Like, I think it happens like that. I don't know exactly. I, I haven't figured it all I out. I think it's not a nightmare. I think it's it's a deep down desire you have, yeah. Bruce. Mm, yes. I think obviously if it's reoccurring. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a nightmare. I just be prepared if you're going to this sweats. wedding. Yeah, be prepared if you if be you prepared. if your date shows up gonna, in a white dress. Oh I would say, boy. <laughs> yeah, am I going to up? Don't don't catch the bouquet is what I need to <laughs> do. The garter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they would do that garter thing. They and, still do it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They, they do that. Mm-hmm. I put Absolutely. my hands in my pockets. I know, unless you can unless you can get that thing to ring around the rosy around my head. There's no way I'm catching this damn thing. My hands are in my pockets. You know, I wonder if that is going by the wayside, though. I'm trying to think the last wedding, I don't think they... Oh, no, they did. You're right. They did do the garter. The garter thing, and, yeah. the, and the bouquet? Which is so... I don't know. Now I'm like, oh, I've caught the bouquet before. Get, don't get well, the me bu- wrong. The bouquet was a thing. I like, just think and then they yeah, felt like the need that they had to get the guys in on it because the the guys, what, were we all jealous of watching these girls elbow each other yeah, out of the way, just... try, to, try to box out, you know, so that they could get the bouquet? Uh, it's just something weird about the bride sitting down and hiking up her dress and the groom going and getting the garter. I'm like, yeah. But here's and the difference. I when I see the bouquet toss, I see genuine too. excitement. Oh, see? When you see the garter toss, 
you see a bunch of guys looking around going, oh, God. Right. What is Seriously, mm, whose idea was this? <laughs> None of us are excited to be. No. The DJ's playing Minnie the Moocher in the background. <laughs> <laughs> this is a but, bunch yeah, of crap. Both of those can go away. Because even the bouquet, it's, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not married. I'm not going up there now. But you would be, you would be surprised at how your friends are like, oh, go on up. You're single. It's ridiculous. It's just, it looks bad and girls don't like it really. Back in the day, maybe, but not now. Nobody wants to catch the bouquet like, yeah, I'm next. Woohoo. I think we should just bring back the wedding dowry, you know, of like there a goat go. or a, a cow yep. or something. You, you, you got to bring like a, a, a chest in, the hope chest. You yeah. Know? Exactly. <laughs> Says the guy who's getting married soon. Hey, I, I think we need a dowry. Think <laughs> I'm not getting a dowry. You think he's got, you know, uh, several fine milking goats that he's yeah. sending me from Iowa? I don't oh. think so. That How ain't about happening. a bag of Fantastic. coins? That might a bag work. Of, yeah, maybe chocolate coins that he got at the dollar <laughs> store. That ain't coming. <laughs> I'm not marrying her because of uh, of wealth, although she is now a doctor. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. No, she could be that. wealthy. I would be. Am I supposed to wait a minute? Am I supposed to give her a present for becoming a doctor? Uh, no, nah, it's all good. That's not a. It's not a present. Your stethoscope or something. Yeah. That's not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bruce, 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 if you do give her a gift, don't expect it back. Not going to get it back. Yeah, if she decides not to be a doctor, to be a doctor. and goes into radio. Yeah. Oh I'm no, can't that, give it back. Give me the doctor. Give me the doctor uh, 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 thing back. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to do that. No, you can't ask for back like Peyton. I think he was kind of kidding, but not really. Mm, depends on how expensive yeah. that bottle of wine well, Peyton Manning gave Tom Brady. I, I, he's, I get it. He's made, he wrote a handwritten note. Yeah, who, uh, who does that? Who says he? Tom Brady didn't Dear read that Tommy. note and go, Dear I'm Tom. not retiring now. Congratulations on your retirement. I'm still better. Love Peyton. <laughs> Something like that. Nobody likes you. Call me when you join the five-time club on SNL. <laughs> my, my commercials are better. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where it goes. Still time for our criminal of the day, and I got to give a shout out to Ezra Miller of someplace called Vermont, who just couldn't sit through another butchered rendition of "I Will Always Love You." Allegedly, Mr. Miller, the actor who plays Flash in the Justice League series, was in Hilo, Hawaii, for a bit of sun and relaxation. He wandered into a bar on karaoke night, and instead of signing up to perform his favorite song. He took up a spot near the stage and became a music critic. According to police, Miller began harassing the karaoke performer, screaming obscenities, and at one point, snatching the microphone out of a hand of a young woman right as she got to the good part of the Spice Girls wannabe. I'm kidding. There is no good part. The Flash <laughs> continued to rage at patrons for their performances and song selections, possibly set off by the third person to attempt Baby Got Back in under an hour. Not content with disrupting the music, Ezra also made his way over to the games area and lunged at a man playing darts. Officers from the Hawaii Police Department... Arrived and arrested Mr. Miller, charging him with disorderly conduct and harassment, and issued a warning to some guy destroying total eclipse of the heart. So, for being <laughs> so true to your craft that you attack karaoke singers, you, Ezra Miller, slash Flash, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are and a good morning a happy wednesday to you here's what we got coming up this hour have we reached a spring breaking point popular vacation sponsor dealing with spring breaker chaos why can't we just enjoy a nice day at the beach we're talking about it at 6 45 and the second covid booster has been approved by the fda we talked to a doctor about why we need another jab and who should get it that's at 6 30 and Russia says they'll be decreasing military activity around the Ukraine capital of Kiev 
Should we believe him? ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky has the latest in just a few minutes. But first, young Americans trading in their textbooks for a tool belt as they turn away from colleges and into trade schools. Maybe this is better for us overall. Should more people be skipping the extra schooling? Let us know what you think at 312-591-8900. By the way, count me as one that thinks this is an awesome, awesome thing. And I'm, I'm glad to... See that maybe some of the uh, um, some of this is paying off. The argument that uh, you do not have to go to college and get a four year degree in order to be considered a success, because I think we have been setting kids up for failure for decades now. I happen to think it's driven by the colleges themselves. Mike Rowe, I love Mike. Mike is a great guy. You might know him from. Deadliest catch or dirty mm-hmm. jobs, and he's got a, a, a basically this is his his mission in life is to get more people to work with their hands and do real jobs. But he makes the point, and I thought this was interesting. He said, "We're lending money we don't have to kids who can't pay it back to train them for jobs that no longer exist." That's nuts, mm-hmm. and that's what's happening at a lot of colleges. Meanwhile, he and many of you can make the point: we're always going to need to pave roads. We're always going to need to fix elevators. Air conditioning isn't going away anytime soon. And that there, you can make a great living, maybe more than you can with your college degree, learning a trade, learning a skill, working with your hands. Right. I mean, I feel like, you know, it's somewhere along the way. And even my parents were, you know, and your parents probably too, a lot of us. Oh, you have to go to college. You have to go to college. What do you want to work with your hands your, for the rest of your life? That was like kind looking of down like at a diss. Exactly. Like, what oh, do you want to be a, you know, do manual labor? Mm-hmm. I like manual labor. I mean, now the, you get experience. You're like, yeah, that's, I, I am positive. My plumber makes a lot more money than me. <laughs> it is amazing. What I it's, feel comfortable that all plumbers do. Oh, yeah, gosh, I don't know yeah, why any I plumber. Think that, yeah. Even the I've ones still starting so out. Yeah, oh, And I think about a lot of these jobs, too. I mean, I mostly hire people who do side jobs. Not only do you work at your normal job, then you decide, I mean, you could make a ton of money, and there's what's wrong with working with your hands? It's, well, it's, it's basically... A great thing to do. It's a PR issue, isn't it? Yes, it's I mean, optics. It, you've got you've got high school guidance counselors and teachers. You have parents. You have nonstop uh, uh, commercials about higher education and going to college, mm-hmm. and and that affects kids on some level. I mean, I I, I can remember specifically uh, how disappointed I was that I had to go to college because I thought. I thought graduating from high school was the finish line. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. No. I remember saying, my, my dad goes, well, now you got to go to college. What do you mean I got to go to college? There's a 13th grade? I thought 12 was it. Well, I don't want to go to college, but you have to. You're right. supposed to. The people who didn't go to college in my day, they were far and few between, by the way. I mean, it wasn't even taught. It's like, what do you, you didn't say I'm not going to college. Everyone right. just, you may not, you may have flunked out quick, <laughs> which a lot of people did because they never wanted to go in the first place like you. Didn't they lasted go. a year, maybe. You know, and the thing is, so what's happening here, um, kids aren't going to community college. Community colleges are really experiencing some uh, deficits. Some dips. But okay. what they should really consider is, you know, they should take on these trade roles. They should, you know, so still go to your community college, but learn a trade in two years. 
Be a be a craftsman. And I'm sure they do already. They must have that, but maybe not as specific. I mean, you know, you're still going to community college. You probably still have to get all your electives and everything out of the way. Yeah. But I think they they should pivot a little bit and become those kind of schools. Because let me tell you what I was kind of shocked at this. Why didn't a dental hygienist? Dental hygienist. Yes, dental yeah. hygienist, the one who cleans your teeth, yeah. not the not dentist. Not the dentist. $77,000 a year. Really? That's an average. The dental hygienist. Dental, dentist helper. Okay, wait. Them. The dental hygienist makes more than an aircraft mechanic. That is really worrisome. <laughs> and the aircraft mechanic, okay, $66,000, but still, uh, that aircraft mechanic should make more than the dental hygienist. Now, I understand it takes a lot to remove plaque. <laughs> you have seen how they work, some of those people it, with those yeah, laser it's, it's job, yeah. Oh, my God. It's No, I'm kidding. It's so much easier now. They don't even have to scrape and pick anymore yeah so i i I would recon if looking at these salaries so how do we get how do we change the mindset moving forward i think the mindset is changed Rahm Emanuel tried doing this. Um, yeah. How do you, how yeah. Was that? He tried to expand access to trade schools and push trade schools as an option for Chicago mm-hmm. high school kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it worked. And uh, high schools started kind of looking at expanding some of their programs or bringing well, back programs that had disappeared. But I don't know to the greater extent whether that's... I, I haven't been to high school in a while, no. surprisingly enough. But we had wood shop. Yep. We had auto Autos, shop. Yep. You know, uh, where, where you could, with the idea being that th- some people were going to be drawn to that and do yeah. really well. They still they, offer that. I don't, they don't push it like they used to. Bob and Joliet, uh, what's your background? What's your story? Uh, graduated high school, barely. <laughs> uh, uh, I went to a trade school out in Wyoming. Okay. And then I wound up changing careers um, after my trade school and I basically what I do is I work uh, distribution uh, mm-hmm. on the line I work on the power lines okay all right oh yeah I heard that yeah. song about you you're a lineman you're a, you're a Wichita lineman right. <laughs> yeah uh, slim the lineman here here um, but but overall for not having no more than a high school education uh, granted what we do is you know not really it's not really an attractive job. You work outside, you work with electricity, so on and so forth. But um, for my education level and what I make is pretty. For what, I, what you know, my financial player told me you guys do very, very well. Well, and, and your and your point, Bob, is that you know you didn't have to have a four year college degree. You didn't have to have all the debt associated with that to have a a good job. Put a roof over your, uh, raise a family. You know, you, you feed yourself, right? I put uh, three kids through college. Um, <laughs> Almost ready to retire. Oh, so, okay, good for you. Uh, but I think it's interesting you sent your kids to college. So your kids are like, no, no, we're going to college. Or did you tell them they have to go to college? My one daughter was that student. So she okay. asked me, what do I do? And I said, you're smart enough to go in the medical field. Ooh. So ah. We need a doctor in the family. That's the way you do it. All right, good job. Yeah. Hey, Bob, thank you very much. Good good for you, by the way. Bob is just one of, you know, millions yeah. of success stories. Uh, yeah, of people. I think it's it's time to make smart choices, not just the usual choice. Well, you know, one of the things that always struck me as odd, even as I was, you know, fighting and debating college, was the idea that you're going there to learn something and get a degree in a field that may not be around 
<laughs> you know, I'm like, well, so, you know, the world is changing around us all the time. But again, we get back to some truisms. Somebody's still going to build houses. So, somebody's still got to repair cars. You know, like, mm-hmm. like that isn't going to fundamentally change. But we see so many other of these industries where, you know, technology has fundamentally changed them. And maybe we just don't need, you know, you to do that. And your college degree, it's not exactly worthless, but it's coming pretty darn close to it. Good morning to you uh, and a happy Wednesday. Bruce and Judy with you. Well, maybe everybody doesn't want to rule the world, but certainly Vladimir Putin is headed in that direction, for goodness sakes. Maybe he's trying to get the band back together, reestablish the Soviet Union. Maybe I'm just going to call them the Soviets from now on. Um, but the latest coming out of Ukraine is word that Russia was going to, they said, decrease activity in and around Kiev, the nation's capital, Ukraine's capital. Um, is that true? And just how do you believe anything these days? Joining us right now is ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky. How much weight do you put in this announcement from the Russians? Yeah, I don't think you can put too much in it. As Secretary of State Blinken put it, Russia has a history of saying one thing and then doing another. So mm-hmm. it, it it's not necessarily the, the hopeful sign. And even as these peace talks were were occurring, Russia struck a, a building in southern Ukraine, killed 12 people, and there's been more shelling in and around Kiev even, um, you know, since the uh, since this announcement was made. So we're not sure exactly what, what the intention here is. It does seem like some of this is a matter of necessity. We've talked before about how, you know, Russia's losing and, and, and badly in, in certain parts of, of Ukraine uh, in terms of, you know, the, what their troops have been able to do. They probably need resupply or reinforcements in, in other places and, and need to swap out, you know, troops who have been there now more than a month. So there's a I think, a, you know, some of this is is just him doing what he needs to do to to keep his troops in, in the fight. Kind of a P, um, kind of a PR move on the Russians part. Or a regrouping. Yeah, Maybe to, to make, you know, make him look magnanimous or make, a, you know, the, make victory out of defeat i mean who knows the um but the 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 realities on the ground don't seem to have shifted terribly much Mm -hmm. you know just with this one announcement well do you think that russia is shifting its focus a little bit and where and why well they said they are they they said they want to shift their focus east to to the donbass these and these two areas where uh president putin declared independence before the invasion kicked off and and that was seemingly one of his goals to to you know liberate the russian speakers from the you know tyrannical reign of the ukrainians or whatever nonsense um so the that was always one of his his objectives but i think it it's pretty clear that he did have grander plans that um, you know the the ukrainian resistance is frankly foiled uh, along with the the ineptitude of some of his forces we're talking again to ABC News is Aaron Katursky. I know you spent time in Ukraine as well. I, I got to tell you, one of the things that I struggle with, Aaron, is uh, videos, pictures, news reports, and trying to sift through what's real and what is propaganda or what's five years old and somebody slapped a new label on it. How do you sift through all this? Yeah, I mean, we've got a, 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 a whole team that, that goes does nothing but this, uh, you know, to go through some of this and, and, and uh, they, they have different methods to verify 
you know, whatever goes on, you know, in our case, what, you know, TV or, or online to mm-hmm. see, you can see the pictures, um, to, to make sure they're real. I think, you know, what, what the real challenge is, is something will happen in a contested area and you're not sure, like, did the Russians just blow up themselves for, for propaganda value or did the Ukrainians strike something? And that happened yesterday, right after the peace talks concluded, there was, um, there were a series of explosions in Volgograd, right on, you know, right inside Russia from Ukraine. And you're like, wait a minute, did the Ukrainians just sabotage the peace talks or did the Russians do something to, to make it look like the Ukrainians mm. sabotaged the peace talks? I mean, all, that happens all the time. And, I mean, you say you have people who, they, who that's all they do, but do you ever come to an outcome? I mean, is there what? what let's just take, for example, all these numbers we always hear about how many casualties there are. Oh, the casualties. We don't even know yeah, that. We don't. Um, and, and in fact, you know, we, we rely in, in some part on local officials to tell us, uh, you know, how many might be killed in each attack. Um, and, and those numbers we think are pretty reliable, but we don't have a running tally. Uh, you know, the UN tries to verify different casualties. Uh, but all you got to do is look at the look at the destruction and, and you know that the, the casual casualty count has been quite high. Uh, and, and, you know, it's probably well into the thousands, if not tens of thousands. And, and you also know, just based on uh, these numbers are easier to track from, from border officials, that, you know, almost four million people have crossed from Ukraine into a neighboring country. And, and so you know that this, this war has put people uh, on the move and in places where they weren't a month ago. You know, again, Aaron Katursky with ABC News. And Aaron, I remember when we talked to you uh, just, it seems like just a couple weeks ago when you were in Ukraine uh, and you were in the western part of of Lviv. Um, Can you tell, you know, now I've seen, whenever I see some of these images of attacks, I think Aaron was just there. have you seen some of this, and 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 are you still in contact? What does that city look like after you've left? Oh, sure, uh, and and you know it it's in large part fine. The um, you know that there have been some attacks. I think it was probably no coincidence that you know the Russians struck in in western Ukraine right as President Biden was over the border in Poland. Um, but the, the the city is is by and large untouched. The um, the, the fuel depot wasn't far away from the city center. Uh, thankfully not in it. And then, you know, they've, they've attacked some military targets in the airfield. Um, but the, but, but Lviv is, is still kind of acting as, as this gateway to safety for so many, you know, a first stop on, on their way somewhere else. Yeah, we know now what, I mean, approaching what, four million uh, people we're yeah. saying have, 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 have left, uh, refugees uh, from Ukraine. Aaron, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for the latest. Thanks very much. He's ABC News' Aaron Katursky on uh, maybe we should take Russia's claims that they will uh, decrease activity with a bit of a grain of salt uh, because there's still activity going on. And maybe the decrease is out of necessity. But as opposed to saying we've run out of food and gas yeah, for we our need tanks to and soldiers, so we're, we're going to stop for a while. We're going to slow things down and a humanitarian effort while we restock and reload. And a good morning, a... Happy Wednesday. It's Bruce and Judy with you. If you're burning, you're going to have to go see a different doctor. hate to break that to you right now. But, um, you know, there is uh, information and news out there that the FDA has okayed a fourth shot, a booster 2.0, if you will, 
for the uh, coronavirus, do you need to run out and get a booster shot? Let's talk to somebody who might know more about this. Dr. John O'Brien, internal medicine physician and chair of professional education at Cook County Health. Dr. O'Brien, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you today? I am peachy, thank you. So I am uh, <laughs> I am triple vaxxed, as we say, um, with Pfizer, because uh, I do think that's important to the story. Do I need to run out and get a fourth shot now? Well... How old are you? Why are you going to ask mean questions like you that? You don't have to answer that. Honestly. I'm in my fifties. So that, that okay. <laughs> so so and and the reason I asked that is that that was part of uh, the recommendation was that it's people fifty and older, um, as well as people twelve and older with uh, immunocompromised uh, illnesses. You know, like uh, uh, multiple sclerosis. Uh, the high uh, risk people we heard about. Got that's it. right. That's right. So, so the, the I think the issue is that um, they're doing it based on some science, and I, and let me just kind of walk you through a, a little bit of it. So, Please, you know, um, when you get the booster, when you got your last booster, mm-hmm. it, it definitely increased your antibodies, the things that that will go after the the virus uh, and and protect you, keep you from getting you know a long COVID or keep you from from sometimes even getting COVID at all. And so um, we, we know that over time, if you got the infection, over time, if you got the vaccine, your antibodies wane. And so these, uh, these boosters, what's, well, that's why they call them boosters, they increase the, the number of antibodies that you have. And so uh, in Israel, what they did before Omicron hit is they gave uh, a, a Group. They took a group of half a million people, and uh, half of them, roughly, got uh, a fourth uh, shot or mm-hmm. a second booster, and uh, uh, the other half did not. And what they saw was that there was a 78% decrease in, in death among the people who had gotten that second booster uh, when, when Omicron roared through. Okay. And so that's what they're basing it on. Now, the study was people 60 to 100 People below 60 were not included with it. And, and uh, the, the FDA has, has pushed the age down to 50 here, partly because uh, in the U.S. we have uh, a slightly different population. And so a third of the people aged 50 to 65 have got significant medical conditions. And so they felt that it was prudent to, um, to include uh, people down to the age of 50. Okay. And, and I just would just kind of remind us all that last fall, there was a lot of, of uh, controversy around whether we needed a booster. We'd gotten mm-hmm. shot number one, shot number two. Everybody had their cards. Everyone felt great. And then all of a sudden, the booster idea started getting floated. And, and people were saying, oh, you know, maybe it's Pfizer trying to do this. Maybe it's uh, Moderna. Um, but it worked. Uh, so it turns okay. out... Uh, when we looked at the the data from uh, from Omicron coming through the U.S., if you had the booster, uh, you were 21 times less likely to die. 21 times—that's huge—and seven times less likely to end up in the hospital, which is also you know huge. So it, it worked, um, and so uh, we don't know what's going to happen with uh, with variant BA2. You know, we're seeing it, it uh, really cranking up in China. China thought they had everything nailed down, and now um, 
they they don't. Um, and in Europe, it kind of uh, gave them a, a little bit of a run for their money in Europe. And and uh, and so we don't know what the BA2 variant is, is going to do in the U.S. Right now in Chicago, it's making up about 40 percent. Um, and that, those numbers are a little fuzzy, but not bad. And, and the, the, the CDC uh, it believes that uh, nationwide is making up about 50 percent of, of COVID uh, and the other 50 percent is still Omicron or BA1. And so BA2 is way more infectious than, than, okay. than uh, BA1. And so, but the, the good news is uh, it's, it's, well, pretty soon, maybe today, it's going to be a little warmer. It's getting to be spring. And so we're going to be outside more. Uh, in, a, a, and we know that viruses spread less uh, when you're outside than inside. So uh, what we've seen in the past is the spikes have all been, you know, fall, winter, um, and so um, there, there is a thought that we are eventually going to get to the point where maybe every fall it's going to be recommended that, that there's a booster. And, and so there are some who believe that this recommendation is really a bridge to the fall. And so should people over 50 maybe wait till the fall to get this fourth booster? Well, so that's a fantastic question. And um, what I would say is that, uh, you know, I would recommend to any of my patients over 50 to consider it. I would recommend any of my patients over 50 with any kind of health conditions to absolutely get it. Uh, health conditions like, you know, uh, diabetes uh, or, or obesity or, or hypertension uh, or pulmonary uh, issues. Um, and then, you know, what, what I would uh want people to think about is this is available for anyone and and i I have this concept if we had a reality show and we said okay the the winner is the person who doesn't get uh covid um you'd have different people following different plans of how not to get covid right some would wear masks some would go ahead and get every booster they could and so i think it has to do a little bit uh with with what are what are your um tolerance for getting COVID, for getting long COVID, for, for, for getting COVID at all. And uh, so you'll see some people uh, who say, yeah, sign me up. I want to, I've come this far. I, I want to just kind of stay healthy. I'm not sure. I've seen this devastate someone else. And so, you know, I think that plays into it as well. We're talking about the second booster, the f- maybe fourth overall shot for many people, depending on which one. And Dr. John O'Brien is with an internal medicine physician and chair of professional education at Cook County Health. Doctor, is this going to be a, just a continuing thing? Do you foresee the uh, uh, the booster as being something as common as like a yearly flu shot? Uh, I, I do, and, okay. and um, I think that I'll, probably the majority of people uh, in, in healthcare are, are seeing it that way. Now, I would couch that with the, 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 the thought that we've been wrong many times so far with this. <laughs> uh, every time we think it's going right and it goes left, we throw up our arms and go, oh, well, we, we really don't know. And so uh, while I can uh, see how this happens, um, I, I have to tell you that, um, every time I start to say, oh, yeah, this is where it's going, it, it proves me wrong and, and mm-hmm. proves many people wrong. So, you know, that's why I think this is um, uh, what the CDC is doing is being prudent. They were prudent uh, last fall. Uh, they're being prudent now. And, uh, and I do think that um, based on 
the the science of boosters, right? So you get a booster within a week, your antibodies skyrocket. Mm -hmm. And then over the next two to three months, they're going down, going down. And so um, if there is a, a new variant on the horizon and your antibodies are going down, the, 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 the recommendation, I think, is going to be there again to get another booster. Makes now, sense. The danger there is, of course, uh, like, like you're kind of alluding to at the start, right, is number four, there's going to be some people with vaccine fatigue. And, yes. and my issue mm-hmm. there is right now in, in suburban Cook County, we've got, we have a, a vaccination rate for the two shots of 85%. That's so outstanding. That's yeah. really good. But, but for the third shot, for the booster, we, we're down to 44%. Ooh. So where I would really take this opportunity, uh, uh, yes, we're discussing today, should we get number four? I want to really push people to get number three. Fair enough. They're really low. Their antibodies are really low. Got it. Dr. O'Brien, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Outstanding. He's uh, Dr. John O'Brien, internal medicine physician uh, and chair of professional education at Cook County Health on the suggestion, you would say, over Mm -hmm. 50 or with uh, uh, health conditions. Mm -hmm. uh, You're in a high risk that the fourth shot that is for pfizer and moderna primarily the fourth shot is being recommended hey good morning hey happy wednesday to you it's bruce and judy it's gonna be a little windy out there today and uh think of a temperature yeah sometime in the next 36 hours we'll hit it it's I, literally almost every temperature you can think of it's absolutely mm-hmm. amazing but, uh, we're in for some storms today so be careful out there yeah yeah might get some uh some rain heavy at times yeah and thunderstorms so right around rush hour uh, goes without saying goes without saying that's what you'll be hearing it doesn't rain two in the morning it rains no. at four in the afternoon. <laughs> it's amazing. Mother Nature, what a sense of humor she's got, right? <laughs> uh, do you remember your days maybe in high school or college? Did you go on spring break? Um, I don't remember. I did family spring break. Yeah. I, I didn't do like on my own spring break. I did one spring break in high school. Where did you go? Miami. Miami, Florida. Yeah, it was nothing like it is now. But I have taken my children to spring on spring break yeah, to different like various I places. I went yeah. spring break with mom and dad yeah. when I was a little kid. But yeah, I never did the, I, I missed out on the. Mm. Well, you didn't miss much, apparently. Debauchery, if you will. You because, missed being shot. Yeah, that uh, as as is a story, it's almost every year. And, and, and it's weird because just the city changes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now we're at Panama City uh, and the beach there, Panama City Beach, where 161 people have been detained after a crazy spring break weekend. And some of the scenes are just horrible. I mean, people looting, running around. Right. Shootings. Yeah. I mean, 75 guns were seized. And here's the thing. Businesses had to close. Literally. So really, what's the point? Because at at first you say, well, maybe spring break should just be canceled. But, you know, I, I understand it brings a lot of money in for... For these uh, tourists, yeah. so they're really weighing that balance yeah, every now, year, right? I think they're. I mean, when you see these pictures of destruction and WalMarts and other stores that had to close because the crowds were so unruly and shooting guns. I mean, the police were like, they, they were just shooting guns down down streets. Well, that's it's interesting. Like I said, it moves around. I mean, because the these stories coming out of out of out of Panama City Beach, 
Well, it could have well, been Miami Beach. Daytona a few yeah. years ago. Right. Or it was, you know, yeah. Palm Springs Miami Beach a few years a few ago. Weeks Miami ago. Beach, you know. Then it just seems like it, 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 when they clamp down on one area and go, that's enough. We're not going to do any more of this crazy spring race stuff. go somewhere else. Yeah, it just, it, it's like a game of whack-a-mole. But it's, but it's getting worse. And I, and mm. I understand these towns are now like, they don't want it anymore. It's not worth it. You know, it reminds me of, um, I went to SIU Carbondale. And back in the day when um, Halloween was huge, Halloween weekend, people came in from all other schools, Mm -hmm. uh, from around the country, not just nearby. It was an event. Well, what happened? It started to get people every year. You know, the number of people who died started to increase. One, two, three, five, ten. And finally, Carbondale just shut it down. They just shut it down, and it's amazing how what once was such a huge thing. I mean, it was on the news, national news, every single year. And then they just, Carbondale had enough. They said, no, no more. And, I mean, there are ways to do it, right? You just, to to make sure these, you know, young party people don't come. Well, I was going to say, short of them not coming, there is no uh, I have been to Panama. Panama City is my place. It's Mm -hmm. my jam, man. I'm really upset about this. And I've taken my kids there for spring break. But Panama City, there's like two sides. There's the east side and the west side. Okay. And you know which side to see on the family side and the, the uh, okay. worst side. It's like they have a smoking and a no smoking yes, side. Yes, and okay. by, you know, where all the big, <laughs> really big buildings are and all the party atmosphere is on that side. And then the smaller, you know, lower ground buildings and where you want to stay with your family are on this side. But it's been like this for years. You can't even rent a place unless you're 25. Yeah, I just so don't, I don't understand. understand that unless parents are doing it. I, I mean, I can say I don't understand. I guess I do. You know, of, of the idea that you're on spring break, so like the law doesn't apply. No, yeah, it's still, the law is still the law. Now, you know, like I, the it, law, it didn't change. The <laughs> law says that a lot of these people weren't. I don't know how they know this. They're like, well, these weren't even really the the traditional spring breakers. These were people who were coming in to take advantage of the crowds. And specifically to commit crimes. Maybe they know that because they've arrested them and they understand And get covered and and have some cover because of all these people crowding stores and sidewalks. I don't don't understand these criminals because that's what they are. What They just want to cause chaos. I mean, I get if you want to steal something or, or commit some crime, but a lot of times they're just showing up to hmm. make the chaos yeah. and then leaving. Yeah, well, it's uh, well, sadly yeah, a story we've heard before, uh, and and we'll probably hear again. But you'll just insert different. I think spring warm break beach is, city yeah. into it. Well, right? I think it's going to start looking different. I think it's going to they're going to start clamping down, and there's going to be no more spring break. Thanks for ruining for uh, for Ruins ruining it for the rest break. of us. Right. Hey, good morning, happy Wednesday to you. Here's what's coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Christopher Columbus is expected to sail back to Grant Park. Well, at, at least the statue, anyway. Can we finally put the statue debate to bed? We're talking about it at 745. Brown Sugar Bakery, one of our favorite spots yes. in Chicago, suffered a hit run that heavily damaged the building. We'll talk to the owner about how she is not letting that set her back. That's and, at 730. And Chicago may not be as expensive. Expensive as you think, even compared to somewhere like, I don't know, Rockford? We've got the details in just a few minutes. But first, you've probably heard a lot about hypersonic missiles in the news. But the latest weapon that Russia is using in its assault on Ukraine, um, there, there it, there's a lot of questions around us. So joining us to explain what is a hypersonic missile and how they're changing the modern battlefield is Professor 
Kelly Stefani at the Department of Mechanical Science and Engineering, the, the Granger College of Engineering at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. Professor Stefani, thank you for joining us. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to just go out on a limb and with my limited knowledge out there that a hypersonic missile means it's just really, really fast. Am I am I am I being too simple? That's that's an excellent starting point. <laughs> um, hypersonic. It, it uh, the terminology sounds exactly like like it like it is. Um, it simply means that uh, vehicles. This can be you know transportation or this can be a weapon. Um, is traveling at a at a high speed uh, relative to the speed of air. Um, generally speaking, we characterize hypersonic as anything going five times or more faster than the speed of air. Mm-hmm. Um, and this refers, of course, to the vehicle's velocity, right? So um, if we're going at about Mach 5, that characterizes yeah. a hypersonic platform. And you're right, it's fast. Um, if you think about this in terms of, you know, uh, standard speeds in a car, we're looking at something that's going at least one mile per second, um, and that's at Mach 1. So Mach 5 is five times that, and these platforms are, are going even faster than Mach 5. Five so miles per second. Dear per God. Second, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's scary, the the speed. And then is is it damaging otherwise, more damaging than your typical missile? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, I mean, if we think about this just in terms of the the energy, the the sheer kinetic energy that these uh, platforms carry, uh, yes, they are they are certainly uh, impactful in that sense. Uh, they can penetrate uh, an aircraft carrier, for example, just from you know just from its sheer uh, velocity and speed. Um, but on top of that, you know, these missiles can also carry with them a, a conventional warhead. Um, or if we think about other countries such as Russia and China. Um, they have made these platforms nuclear capable. Um, and that's a, a political posture that, you know, each of the respective countries have taken. And that's, you know, part of why, uh, you know, this this uh, hypersonic uh, missile deployment by Russia in Ukraine is is quite alarming. And, and am I to understand, uh, Professor, that uh, is this the first time it's been used in, in actual war? Yes, that's right. Um, so these platforms have been... Um, you know, they, they've been used in, uh, in, in science. So, you know, NASA, of course, has used hypersonic platforms for decades. Um, you know, the, any of the capsules that return from space are, are hypersonic or they're, they're traveling at hypersonic speeds. Mm-hmm. And same thing for the, the shuttle orbiter. Um, those are all hypersonic platforms, but those are used for, you know, for science and for exploration purposes. Um, and in the, in the past decades, other countries have been um, leveraging these technologies for for defense purposes or for offensive purposes, and so um, you know China and Russia both, a- along with other countries, really have been uh, developing these technologies. And as you mentioned, this is the first time that we've actually seen a weapon like this um, deployed uh, in a, in the battle space in the theater of war. Right, and I would say Russia has d- developed it. It's a past tense. I mean, does the U.S. have the same capability? Well, um, not in the not in terms of defense. Um, so, admittedly, we're behind. Mm. Um, we had started developing these technologies, like I said, decades ago. Um, we had flown a number of uh, successful missions um, in the past, and uh, in particular, early 2000s, we had the NASA X-43 uh, that flew at Mach 7 and Mach 10, and then later on, uh, Boeing X-51 Wave Rider demonstrated hypersonic flight in, in 2010. 
Um, and at that point, you know, we, we kind of took our foot off the gas. Um, and that's, you know, something that's been um, characteristic of, of hypersonic uh, development and technology in the United States. Uh, we always refer to it as cyclic. Um, but now, uh, you know, given the, the geopolitical status, um, it's certainly become a, a pressing issue. And uh, the U.S. Is, is absolutely ramping up um, in that space. Um, we are, you know, we're, we're looking at fielding capabilities maybe late 2022, more likely 2023 and beyond. Mm. Um, but, you know, we're, we're working on catching up here, and, and that's something that um, I think everyone needs to be aware of. Professor Kelly Stefani, again, with the Department of uh, Mechanical Science and Engineering at the Granger College uh, of Engineering over at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. And Professor Stefani, uh, I'm going to try to, uh, again, I'm so glad you're, you're with us to explain it. What unique challenges does a missile Moving at five times the speed, uh, Mach five or or faster, as you say, go even faster than that. What unique challenges does it present, at least from a defensive capability? I mean, we have these anti missile systems; they uh, we've got them all around the world. Are they effective against something moving that quick? The the current missile defense systems are are not effective, um, and ultimately, what that means is that we can't defend against these these uh, these weapons um, the way the best way to think about this um, th- this vehicle of course is moving at very high speeds and so you know just from developing this platform um, it, it it poses an engineering challenge um, the vehicle gets extremely hot uh, just due to the the sheer energy of the vehicle um, and so the we have to have a, a robust thermal protection system to ensure that the vehicle arrives at its target intact mm-hmm. um, and then we also uh, have to uh, you know, design a system that, that can perform in a robust and predictable way aerodynamically. Um, and so there are challenges just from the design perspective. Um, when it comes to defending against these platforms, there's an entirely different challenge, and it's mostly practical. Um, since these hypersonic platforms um, are, are they, they show a departure, let's say, from an intercontinental ballistic missile or ICBM, the ICBM follows, it's hypersonic, but it follows a very predictable parabolic trajectory. Um, so basically it goes up and then it comes back down just under the, the, the forces of gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, if we think about the more conventional hypersonic platforms, um, these, these vehicles travel at relatively low altitudes. And what that means for us in terms of defense is that we are looking for uh, an, an incoming um, uh, vehicle that, uh, is traveling so fast and at relatively low altitudes that the curvature of the Earth actually gets in the way of us seeing it. So by the time that we can see it on the horizon, we have mere seconds to respond, not minutes, not Oof. hours. It's, it's, it, it serves a very challenging um, defense uh, problem. Wow. So our current, our, our current um, missile defense system are, are looking for ICBM-type trajectories and, and uh, vehicles, but now they have to scan lower on the horizon and respond much faster given that, that uh, rapid uh, travel time of these platforms. Wow. Uh, professor, thank, thank you for your time. One final question. Do you like uh, um, uh, impressing people with the fact when you say, I am a rocket scientist, when they say this isn't rocket science? Oh, <laughs> well, you know, rocket science is actually a, 
uh, a very important piece of here, here. Uh, hypersonic platforms as well. Um, and and so uh, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a very challenging and very interesting area. I'm just excited um, that I I can tell people I know a rocket scientist, and that is Professor Kelly Stefani. Thank you so much for your time. Excellent. Thank you so much. Outstanding. Wow. Hypersonic. I, you know what? I mean, you, you think about it and go, oh, of course things are going to go quicker, quicker, faster. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the way things work. But how do you defend against something that is moving, I want to emphasize this again, at a minimum of five miles a second? Right. And it's, it's, it's very concerning to hear that the U.S. is playing catch up. And that there's no defense against it right nope. now. I mean, and the Russians are using these in Ukraine. Yeah, they uh, they're, just they're, used one. They're bragging about it, mm-hmm. and uh, the U- Ukrainians have, have said they've they've seen it. Uh, wow! And a good morning to you. A a happy Wednesday, Bruce and Judy with you. And links and drinks is coming back. Sponsored by DePage Credit Union. We're going to be spending an afternoon playing some wolf and we're inviting you to come along with us it's going to be friday afternoon june 3rd so hopefully the snow will be gone by then (laughs) we're going to be at the klein creek golf club in winfield with a best ball scramble tournament and join everybody from wls there and win all kinds of really cool things just head over to wlsam.com and learn more about links and drinks coming up Friday, June 3rd. Plenty of time to plan for that. All right. So, you know, when you think about big cities, you think, and I think the default is they are expensive to live in, less affordable. But I do think that there is a bit of a misconception in there. And it's kind of one of the things, you know, what always drove it home to me was a talk of a minimum wage, uh, a federal minimum wage, only from this standpoint. Let's say $15 an hour, you know. an hour in Chicago is a hell of a lot different than $15 an hour in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there has to be a scale of some sort. So leave it to some nerds out there who went ahead and took a look at math. Oh, God. And looked at these. They identified seven key factors in what makes a city affordable. They looked at wage growth, unemployment rate, job growth, the percentage of jobs open. The affordability of rent, the affordability of a home, and personal income. Okay? They took a look at all that. They put it in. There's there's a computer involved or calculator or whatever. And they came out with a list. And it may come as absolutely no surprise that the least affordable city in America, by those metrics, is Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. California. Of course it is, for God's sakes. New York comes in eighth on the list. But would you be surprised to find out that Chicago didn't even make the top 100 of least affordable? Actually came in 108 out of the top 155 Not cities. Not top 10, but top 100. 108 out of 155. So almost you know, in the bottom whatever percentile, which is pretty darn amazing. But when you look at these metrics, you can understand it. Wage growth in Chicago, and, and they look at Chicago, Naperville, Elgin, you know, the Chicagoland area has actually been pretty good. The unemployment rate is surprisingly no here, low here compared to the national average. And that for all the talk of how unaffordable rent and homes are, we're grading on a curve. Have you looked anywhere else? Yeah. <laughs> because other places, look, I just saw a statistic. They said last year, home values in Phoenix, Arizona, were up over 30%. The average home went up over 30%, which means if you're trying to buy one, 
that house you were looking at a year ago, you're mm-hmm. going to have to tack another zero onto it, for God's sakes. I mean, that is nuts. Yeah. That's not happening here. We're seeing yeah. we're seeing a, a rise. You're not seeing 30% year to year. Nowhere near it. So a lot of this is perspective, grading on the curve, if you will, that Chicago is actually a reasonably affordable place to live. Well, when I look at the top 10, L.A., I get you can't even look at a house for under a million dollars. You can't. You and can't rent, have know, a lean are, to. Yeah, and everything. So, but you know, Hartford, Connecticut, Corpus yeah, Christi, expensive. Texas, yeah, Shreveport, Alabama, uh, Louisiana, El Paso, Texas. They're just not the you know. And then there's New York, and then in Illinois, there is one city on there that's really. Oh, and expensive. Illinois City made the list. Oh, absolutely, it's ninth. Everyone will understand this. Rockford, Rockford, Illinois. No. Nobody understands this. The ninth I, least affordable city in America. Which tells me that the parameters are not what we would normally think yeah. of, I guess. Right? And I think um, Rockford has probably high unemployment, Nick. Yes. You think? Yes. Low, you know, job low, opportunity. Jo- low wage growth. Maybe just right. the location. It doesn't right. have... So if the cost of everything's going up, people aren't making more at their mm-hmm. jobs or losing their jobs, you see where well, that becomes an unaffordable place, by and For, large. Right, but I got to think homes and, and rent in Rockford's a lot probably, lower than in Chicago. Probably gets a better yeah. grade there, yeah, so without a doubt. You get away everything. Yeah, but I, you know... It, I think that it's easy to beat up on Chicago and Chicago land. It's easy for it to be the butt of the jokes. But, you know, I look for the things where we can celebrate some of the positive things, for mm-hmm. goodness sakes, and find out that, you know what, there are a lot of great things going on here. And when you dig past some of the sensational headlines, it is an awesome place to live and work. And grading on the curve, when you look around, like careful looking that gift horse in the mouth, because other places don't offer the same opportunity maybe is is a good way to put it out there so chicago's still one of the good things uh, the most affordable city these are cities of 150,000 or more that's what it, it took to make the list sioux falls south dakota <laughs> i was making fun of sioux falls right? everywhere you don't want to live sioux falls <laughs> reno eh, reno's not bad provo utah Mm-mm. madison okay mm, madison's, madison's not a, bad a cool town. pretty pretty affordable yeah. place and Huntsville, Alabama, there's your top hmm. five most affordable places to live. And, uh, yeah, you get in, you get into that argument and debate. But hey, don't, don't talk Chicago down. We finished 108 out of 155 on For the once, we're happy to be least way, affordable. way down. Yeah, on the that's list, a good thing where you finished right? 108th on that one. Hey, another chance for you to win tickets to see Bill O'Reilly live for the No Spin Zone is coming up. Bill's going to be here tomorrow night at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan. Uh, you can go to WLSAM.com and get your tickets. Find out more information. The right side of the conversation starts at 6 at the Genesee Theater. Again, tomorrow night with Bill O'Reilly. We've got some tickets for you to win coming up in just a little bit. All right. So, um, you know, as, as uh, we do our, our getting food uh, segment, which we, uh, invite different restaurants, re- people that own restaurants to come in and, uh, and talk about their place. And, you know, a while back, uh, last year, we met, uh, just a, a wonderful lady who lit up the room and is an absolute favorite of ours and not just because 
she brought cake. Uh, I mean, although that didn't well, hurt. Well, that's how it lie. started. Uh, joining us right now is Stephanie Hart, the owner of Brown Sugar Bakery, the premier bakery in Chicago. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning, you guys. Thank you. Uh, again, you uh, are a slice of heaven in more ways than one. But the reason we're talking to you now is you... <laughs> It's just amazing. You suffered a bit of a setback. I'm going to let you tell the story about what happened at your bakery. Well, it seems that someone lost control of their car. They crashed into the bakery, came through, and landed in our walk-in freezer. Like literally Um, through the building? Through the building. Oh, my Um, God. It is just really, how did they do it? We're not sure. It's not like I'm on a corner. Right. Um, I'm in the middle of the block. I'm not sure what they could have been doing to end up over there, but I'm sure it involved uh, more good times than they needed to be. What is that? (laughs) And how is that investigation going, Stephanie? Any word? You know, no, the bumpers that were left behind, of course, didn't have license plates on them. Um, You know, the police thinks actually they might have gotten towed away because there were so many car parts left behind. They They hit the building and the concrete foundation and into the walk-in cooler. So I don't know how they got out of there without, you know, getting noticed. It must, I mean, they, I don't know. Oh, it had to be loud and obvious. Again, we're talking That's to... the one thing I said is that they crashed through the building and no one heard it. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Maybe because we're on a business district, though, yeah. and it just could have been quiet 3.30 in the morning, 4 in the morning, whenever it happened. Um, and then we, my first person arrived at 6 a.m., called me and said someone drove to the bakery. I'm like, what? She called me on video so I could kind of see it because I'm like, what are you talking about? At six in the morning on a Sunday, what do you mean someone hit the bakery? Like, what do you mean? Hit it with what? (laughs) Well, and, and, you know, you are a, a, the living definition of a small business owner. You've survived the pandemic. You are uh, continuing to deliver uh, literally some of the most amazing sweets out there at Brown Sugar Bakery. But this is a hell of a setback. How can uh, we want to help? How can we help? You know, just continue to support small business in Chicago. I'll tell you what really hit me when I got there. I saw it, and I won't tell any lie, burst into tears when I mm. saw the store. Like, it's like seeing your kid with a busted head. It's yeah. It was not fun to see that. But then I thought about it, and I really looked at it. The worker that came in at 6 in the morning normally starts at 3, but she had done an extra work for us at Navy Pier and asked if she could start at 6. And so she was not there for this. And all I could think is God is so good mm. that no person was hurt. And also, I'll just be honest and tell you what flashed in my head was a list of restaurants that didn't exist. And, you know, um, my mom, when I first got a car and started driving, I remember my car broke down and it was bad. You know, I had a 74 Maverick or something, you know. Oh, I'm amazed it, it ran broke. at all. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, she said, well, if you if you didn't have a car, it couldn't break. <laughs> and that really made me think about the pandemic. And, and it was a fight in the pandemic, and there's so many more important things like the survival of people, the survival of businesses, and I'm still here. You, you are really, such an then, amazing yeah, attitude. Are you naturally positive, or really do you great. work at it? 
See, I, I think mean, a serious you work question. At it. Like you do, you work at it. Like you have to think better thoughts. Like when you look at something bad that happens to you, you want to stay there. And I do too. I wanted to break down and be mad. And I had just put that cooler in in December. And because of the pandemic, it took me five months to receive that thing because, uh, you know, of the supply sure. chain. And we had just installed it in December. And then I thought about it. Well, you know what? If they hadn't hit that, they would have been, they would have destroyed our store. Oh. So that stopped them from coming like into the store. This is a 10 foot by 10 foot freezer, not, right, right, not right. some little refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you can really that, make lemonade. The store. You can make lemonade out of lemons, huh? If that's what stopped I it from like being lemonade. worse. <laughs> I like lemonade. I do. I like lemonade. Okay, Way Stephanie, better than I like lemonade. But, but now you need a new freezer, right? And you took so long for that one. What are you going to do? I mean, you're, you, have a, you, know you have a bakery. I haven't even gotten to that part yet. I've gotten to the part of I really wanted my Art Institute installation back because, you know, I am a girl and, you know, they messed up my clothes. We had this pretty <laughs> thing on the outside. And so yesterday I spent talking to the Art Institute, getting that installation. They're reprinting it so that the store looks the same on the outside. We did all the cleaning up on the inside the last two days. They're framing out the walls on the inside again now because they took all that out. Oh, my. And um, the freezer is next. I'll start figuring out where I'm going to get it from. And, you know, we'll just do it. And and here's the thing that I really want to share as an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur that started like one brick at a time, there was a time I didn't have insurance. And I'm so grateful. I can't even tell you. You know, if there's going to be a tragedy that happens, if this had to happen seven years ago, it took me out. So, again, mm. I, I just have to remember that I have insurance. I have a way to start building back up, and I'm so thankful um, that I have insurance because I didn't always have insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I And really, your, your positivity and goodwill and just your life goes into your cooking. That's why we love your stuff so much. There's love in it. It's there is there's love, in, love it. in it. There's well, some there's positive energy for that's sure. A plan. I literally <laughs> so we have like we have little monitors throughout the bakery. I know this is gonna sound weird where, you know, I do little programming. They see things that are important like uh, you know, rules, sanitation stuff comes up on these monitors. And then I come up and say little positive things because I do want that in my food and you know, I can't touch everything anymore like I used to, but I try to touch the people so that they can touch the food and put that energy in it. Um, I call it Meraki, which is a word that I found that means to actually work where you leave a little bit of your soul and love into what you're making. And we really do try to do that. It's important. And it's one of our cultures that we work with Meraki at Brown Sugar Bakery. Well, we can attest to the quality and to the love and to the unbelievable work that you and your team at Brown Sugar Bakery do. Uh, just listen, you are, you are known far and wide as the premier <laughs> sweets bakery place here. Uh, everybody loves Brown Sugar Bakery and people can support it. I tell you what, I'm, I'm putting the tweet out right now. You can follow, if you follow me at the Bruce St. James with a link. Right. So people can either they can come and stop by, maybe pick up a slice or or, or entire cake, or they can even order and uh, they can have it shipped anywhere. 
shipped nationwide. I'm so proud of that. And that's what that freezer was for. It was, you know, the the beginning of our real push for shipping. But we've moved those cakes over to the candy manufacturing on 76 and Western. We found space in some of the freezers because it's not ice cream season. Mm-hmm. So we're making it work and we'll get a new freezer and um, we'll, we'll love our people the way that we love them. And I'm just so thankful to be in this city. Chicago is such a great city. Like, you just don't expect people to pull over on the side and say, hey, can I take that trash away for you? I mean, it was just really cool. Ah, wonderful. Well, we wish you the best. Uh, We got to come by. Uh, Is there anything new on the menu I need to try, by the way? Have you had the candies yet? We're doing combination cake and candy. Like, we have taken our tortues, which are our chocolate caramel and pecan candies. We can't call them turtles because it's illegal, but it's a wonderful (laughs) turtle. And we are now adding that to our cakes. We are also doing something that we're launching. um, And it's in two weeks. We're going to launch it in April. We're going to start doing salted caramel with our salted caramels that we make at the candy store. So we're just so excited to be launching a couple new things, not moving too far from what we do, but kind of just putting a little bit of something on top of it for people to enjoy a little more. Well, people can support Brown Sugar Bakery by getting in there and enjoying some of the most amazing sweets you'll ever have. Stephanie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you for your attitude, for goodness sakes. Well, thank you. It's, you know, you can, like she said, lemonade is way better yeah. than sucking on a lemon. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you go drink that lemonade, Stephanie. Steph- All right. You guys have a great thank day. You. Thank a wonderful you. day. Stephanie Hart, the owner at Brown Sugar Bakery. Again, a car crashing through the front of the bakery, destroying the entire front of it. And and lots of damage. Bacon. Keeps bacon. Yeah, and uh, you know you can you can support local businesses. How she's not asking for a handout. Come on in, have some cake. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you will be happy with the Salty cake you get caramel. and the candies. Where have we been? Hey, how do you get your eight ninety each day? Well, we make it easy. You can listen on your smart speaker. All you have to do is enable the skill. You can even ask Alexa to do it. Alexa, enable the WLS skill. Or you can visit the skills section of your Alexa smartphone app and just search for WLS. Either way, after you've enabled the skill, it's easy to listen just by saying, Alexa, open WLS. God, I really hope that works over the radio sometimes. I was watching a TV show last night, and uh, one of the characters' names was Alexa. And uh, the guy goes, Alexa, how come you... And my Alexa turned on. Uh Yeah. And I'm like, every time you say it, someone goes on. Did they not think about that? Oh, they be careful about that. So, um, uh, I think it's good news. Count me as one. Um, Columbus is coming back to Chicago. He, uh, in 1492, he sailed the ocean blue, I'm led to believe. Uh, and, uh, well, he might be coming back to Grant Park. Mayor Lightfoot, uh, kind of hinted at the idea that the infamous statue, a statue that uh, became a source of, uh, controversy and was removed in the dark of night, might be back. She actually went further and said she, quote, fully expects that statue of Christopher Columbus to be returned to its pedestal in Grand Park. However, oh. she says there's always a but. There's always a but. There has to be a security plan in place to prevent the repeat of the debacle that. What is it going um, to do? Uh, yeah, Christopher I don't know. Columbus is going to have his own police force standing around him at all times. <laughs> you know, maybe, I don't know, put it somewhere where, yeah. I don't know how you would position it so that protesters couldn't maybe try to take it down again but you would hope and, and you, you know, know what though in all fairness all the the uh people who were you know 
who've been very vocal about it being removed, our very own Ron and Esty, they just wanted the conversation, right? They were like, at least talk to us about what you're going to do, because I don't even know that they care that it goes back to that spot. They just want it back well, somewhere. And, and, and again, credit to Ron and Esty, president of the Joint Civic Committee of Italian Americans, who we've had on the show multiple times about this. Uh, he comes across, and, and everything he says, he's reasonable. And I think one of the important things, and for someone who may be offended at the idea of a Christopher Columbus statue in Grant Park, even Ron and Esty has said, let's talk about the bad things. Let's, let's, let's acknowledge that there are some conflicting things about Christopher mm-hmm. Columbus that you can, you can simultaneously say, wow, uh, uh, Alert, explore, a teaching discover, moment. but right. also, wow, we have these issues, and they're perfectly willing to have it. He's not trying to whitewash uh, Christopher Columbus's past. He's saying, the problem is, I think we're beyond that. I think putting, I think it's now the symbol that people don't care about the conversation. They only care that you know it's already created such a debacle that I feel that if you put it back up, people are going to do something. It's now become a target, right? But that, that says more about the actual, people who are yeah, protesting against it that they won't yeah. even have the conversation. Well, and the whole thing was irregular when it first started that they, they actually went to that statue to take it down. I mean, what, what? come on. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's not like the Saddam Hussein statue. It's Christopher Columbus. <laughs> so, Do we have a Saddam Hussein statue? No, that one's, they, that one's they, still perfectly okay. But they took okay. it down, remember, in, in Iraq yeah, when, the, uh, yeah. I think the problem you run into is... That there, there. This is the reality. There is somebody offended about damn near everything. Okay, I, I mean, they're, they're, you you can't point to something. I'll give you a great example. I grew up in Tucson, Arizona, and in downtown Tucson, there is a statue of Pancho Villa, Mexican uh, uh, folk hero, who, by the way, single handedly killed more Americans than any other person alive. They think pretty much Pancho Villa has the record for single-handedly killing one And there's a statue of him in downtown Tucson. And I remember going, what God? if we're going to have a statue of Pancho Villa, I mean, I, I wasn't going to go and protest around it, but it was important to some people. And I looked at it and go, that guy's a mass murderer, for God's sakes. We're going to put Hitler up next to it? You know, I mean, who who are we leaving out of this? The point being is, there is a complicated history with damn near everyone who's ever gotten to the level that you're going to put a statue up of them or a memorial or a or, you know a plaque or something you can't get away from it so let's have the conversation as opposed to try to just remove it and say this isn't happening christopher columbus happened whether you like it or not it's it's real it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the mayor says she can't. She says she cares deeply about legacy statues, but she also has to think about police officers, those who become get in harm's way because we the don't fact, put them in danger. Right. Yeah. The fact remains, regardless of what you think or if you think anything at all, or if you're just a knucklehead who thinks it's fun to go and take down a statue, what happened to police around that statue was hard to watch right, right, right. Just, and i mean no one died but you know the water bottles the being thrown at him and it just yeah the absolute disrespect you talk about the statue what they did to you know chicago police so the mayor's saying we can't just i just can't just put it back up without having a plan in place and ron anesti has even said you know well maybe it's time for that statue to to go to a museum or to to, to okay. like be in a 
sort of a Morovi museum or be in different spots maybe. But yeah, I think putting it back there just, I don't know that you can do it anymore because of these idiots who it's beyond I'm offended by that statue and just like, oh, that's an opportunity for me to go and do something bad at that spot. Mayor Lightfoot, because I know she listens every day. Mayor Lightfoot, just go and put it up and don't say anything. And the people that are upset by it won't even recognize that kind it's of like back she, up again. Uh, she died the like river that, green just, just without telling anyone. And no one will know the difference. And good morning to you and a happy Wednesday. Here's what's coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. It's National Hot Chicken Day. We're going to cluck around with the team from Epic Burger at 845. <laughs> Comedian, actor, and all-around sourpuss... Lewis Black is headed on tour this month. He'll bring his harsh brand of comedy to our airwaves at 8.30. And if Netflix is cracking down on password sharing, they're going to need to track down a lot of people. We take a look at that numbers uh, of those in just a few minutes. But first, young Americans are trading in their textbooks for a tool belt as they turn away from colleges and into trade schools. Maybe this is better for us overall. Should more people be skipping College. Let us know what you think at 312-591-8900. And did you, uh, did you forego college for maybe a trade school or to learn a, a trade? And how has that turned out? And maybe more importantly, are you encouraging your kids to do the same or are you pushing them to go to college? Again, 312-591-8900. By the way, in case you missed that uh, national keyword, the word is plenty. Text the word plenty to 95819. You could win 25 grand. Talk about plenty. Plenty of money is what that is. Um, there has been a concerted effort, and I don't know when it started. When when did it start that we we decided everyone needed to go to college? 80s? Probably yeah, the 80s. 80s. Yeah. I mean, there was a change, yeah. right? When I mean, it just was like, everyone needs to go to college. And and we started having... Not even that everyone needs to. Everyone just went to college. You're supposed it, to. And, and you didn't even look at it as like, uh, you know, your future, your working future. You looked at it as like, oh, everyone's going, you know, we're going to go to college and party for four I, years. I called it 13th grade. People I had just, to go to 13th grade. Yeah, people just went to college. It's just the thing you did. You did. When I was growing up, I was sick with anxiety over the concept of going to college. Really? Yeah. Okay, why? I because it was like you guys are saying I was just expected to go and granted my funny enough my dad did not go to college my mom did I did not realize that my dad didn't go to college he was an oh, really? educated guy but he went and got a like technical degree my but grandfather told, told my mother oh so you're going to get your MRS degree yes oh. the old MRS and degree. it turned out to be true because she was a housewife you know never used the college degree was a housewife yeah. I was the I was the first girl in my family my extended family to go to college. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, we're talking about this century, you know. I was the first, and when I said I was going to college, because I was one of those people who was like, "Well, yeah." Everyone said, "Why?" My, in my family, why mm. are you going? Why don't you? Why aren't you just getting married? Why are you going to college? It's crazy. Both my parents went, so I think that was the expectation for my brother and myself. Mm. You know, and and maybe that's part of it too. You where you come from a family where everybody went to college. Well, you go to college. It's, yeah. it's what you do. No, no more. Not I, anymore. I wish I hadn't been pushed towards it. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I went for three years, but I had no idea why I was going. I had no goal in mind. It wasn't what I wanted to do. Betty, stretch the imagination. And see, if you maybe if you had had, uh, you know, an option, an, an, a different option, mm-hmm. you would have taken it. Because I think while we were encouraged to go to college, we were discouraged 
from doing a trade. It, as a matter of fact, it was it was looked down yeah. upon. Like, ah, uh, if you don't go to college, what are you going to do? Be a manual laborer? Well, I was going to say it's where hey, you went. If you I should have go. been, yeah, I could have been making a lot more money and been retired by now. And so that that uh um. That's starting to change, and and maybe it needs to change a little bit quicker. Where we're seeing now, uh, whether it's community colleges, whether it's it needs to start in the high schools, where there needs to be an acknowledgement that not everyone is college material. Not everyone wants a four year degree in business or finance. Listen, if you're going to be a doctor, I get it. Okay, right. But other than that, there is, or if you we, don't know what you want to do, right? We've discouraged people. From learning a trade, we've discouraged people from learning a, a skilled trade, and it comes at our deficit because there's a need for people in those jobs more than there's need for people with art history degrees. Might I point out? There. Right, and at maybe the pan- again, maybe the pandemic had something to do with it. We we've seen this this you know curve in our workforce. This uh, people just saying, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. Changing jobs quicker than they ever have quitting jobs quicker than they ever have and now we're seeing community college enrollment it's it's down and enrollment overall at colleges and skilled trades programs booming so you know colleges may especially community colleges they might want to pivot here and because i know you can take classes they all offer classes in the trades but i don't know that you can get like a certificate and that's what they should maybe be thinking about because, of course, a lot of trades you have to be an apprentice. It, it, it's a it's a path. It's not just like you become a plumber. It's years in the making as well. Zach in Schaumburg, uh, you are a pipe fitter. Where did you learn to be a pipe fitter? How, how, how does how does that process go? Hey guys, good morning. Thanks mm-hmm. for having me. Thanks, Zach. Hey, uh, yeah. So actually, it was a long process, like uh, you just heard. Um, I actually started in the same company as my father about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was just a driver making, <laughs> making no money. You know, sure. and, uh, I was sick of watching guys my age that started right out of high, high school making, you know, 80, a hundred grand. So he said, the only people I hire are people that either go to technical school or, you know, go to the union apprenticeship. So I went to, you know, coin college. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a one year program, two year program. He said, the only people I take out of there are ones with straight A's and perfect attendance. So I went and I got straight A's, perfect attendance. <laughs> and then he got me an apprenticeship for uh, 597 pipe fitters. They got an apprenticeship down in Mokina. And uh, that's a five-year program. Wow. And after you're done with that, you're making 80-plus grand a year, but you're basically a doctor of HVAC. You know, you yeah. should know everything. And uh, it's pretty cool, you know. So. And, and, you know, you could go right to the apprenticeship if you get accepted. You know, that's a long process, too. You pass an amplitude test, and boom, you know, you go, you get in, and then it's, you know, four years, you go there, and then the fifth year is 100% in the field. But the guys are making 50 something dollars an hour, you know, once they become journeymen. So Yeah, there, there is a, a good living to be made. Yeah, and literally you get five years of school hands-on training, one of the best training centers in the country. Mm. And, uh, mm. you know, it's, it's you know, you, you basically you donate your time to learn. And uh, you get paid the whole time you're you're in it. Hey, you, know? Z- you just got to stick with it. You're, you're selling it hard, Zach. It sounds oh, yeah. like you're doing a good it's, job, by the way. It's oh, a man, great opportunity. Not, we appreciate it. it. You know, because, you know, you don't even realize how, like, even your simple air conditioner works at your house. You know, yeah, I have no idea how it works, quite honestly. Are, like, really, you know, out of tune with just the simple mechanicals yeah, of their house. Yeah, agreed. And it's like, 
just the just the knowledge of not having to pay somebody else to mess with my stuff is awesome. <laughs> well, I'm you paying. Know? I'm going to pay you uh, to come fix my stuff, Zach, because you are the expert. I appreciate it. Thank you for for calling. Hey, Ralph in Peoria. Now you went the college route, but what's your point? Well, I just wanted wanted to offer the other side. I went Please. to a junior college for mm-hmm. a few years, That's which smart. was which was affordable. And then I got hired by uh, some uh, employers, and then they helped pay for the rest of my college. And so once you have that degree, you know, then you have it for the rest of your life. Okay. You can go through a lot of different places. So I, I see I see both sides of it. Well, I think one of the problems you run into, Ralph, and especially if you talk to people today, it's, yeah, I've got that degree, but look at the debt I have. <laughs> you know, is it worth that amount of debt? Will I ever be able to dig out from that pile? So there has to be a balance in there. And you know what? Maybe when you and I went to college, it was a little more affordable. Well, yeah, but when I went to uh, when I went to the four year college, my employer paid for at least half, if not most of it, because a lot of them do that now. Even better, yeah. 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 And community college, don't forget, that's always a great option. You know, much more affordable for a lot of people. Hey, Ralph, thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, certainly, yeah, there are there are multiple sides to it. I, I would I would say, yeah, if you want to go to college, I'm not trying to discourage people from doing it, but you ought to have the money sitting there to pay for it. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what and if you don't know what you want to do in life and you just think college is the only thing you can do, no. no. There are options and you yeah. maybe you'll you'll find that you love working with your hands. Hey, good morning to you, and a happy Wednesday. Don't forget Bill O'Reilly coming tomorrow night to the Genesee Theater in Waukegan. Go to WLSAM.com. You can pick up your tickets there, or I think we're going to give away some tickets just in a little bit, all right? So stick around if you'd like to win four tickets to go check out Bill O'Reilly. So um, just about everybody has Netflix now, right? I mean, that's just kind of like... You have running water also. I just realized Netflix is the only streaming service I actually pay for. Okay. I have them all, but I only pay for Netflix, so I guess I'm in good shape. So there's 70-some-odd million Netflix users, okay? And Netflix announced that they were going to maybe change their pricing model a little bit and crack down on people sharing passwords with, let's say, their moms. Um, They're already doing it in three territories outside the U.S. Yeah, and so... Testing it. Here's what I don't understand. I have Netflix on a variety of devices. Got it on an iPad. I have it on my Fire Sticks. I I think I own five Fire Sticks. Five or six. Netflix on all of them. Does Netflix think I'm sharing the password with somebody other than me? How do they know? Are they going to put a limit to how many times you can access it? You can only watch Netflix on one TV and one iPad. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, I guess. Because how do they know? Or maybe a certain number of TVs in your household. Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know how they would. I'm angry about this. But they do know. how. Now, you, you have a profile. So yes. That's one way they would know. Yes. No, I, so when I bring up Netflix, it's my profile, and then all the people who use my network. So it's the way profile. around it. You just use. You don't use a profile. You use whatever, you whoever to. the owner's profile is. Actually, maybe you do need a profile, so that's how they get you. See, I hate it because um, my mom may be using my Netflix, and for the most part, she can't figure out how it works. But 
I created a profile for her because she kept watching these horrific shows and they kept showing up on my right. thing as, well, since you watch this, you might like that. I never watch that. I don't want to see that ever again, for God's right. sake. You're so, ruining my and, search algorithm. Right. And you want the profile and they may they may mm. even require the profile and that may be how they're doing it. I mean, like I said, I pay for Netflix. I have Prime, Hulu, HBO Max, Apple, Disney. Am I forgetting one? Well, all of those companies. All of those are kind of okay with sharing a password. Now they are, but the minute Netflix starts to get money, don't you think all of them are going to go that way? They may. And then what happens? Because I know there are people who don't even, they don't even have cable. They only have streaming services. Because why do you need cable? You don't. You don't, I guess. I mean, I still have it, but maybe not for long. Well, I have cable still also because I can link it and then use the streaming services. Through your cable. Using my cable Mm-hmm. Login. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can watch but you don't need FX, A and E, ESPN, whatever, without having to pay extra for them because I get it through my cable. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Right. So I use it a little bit like that. Well, it's some thirty percent of people. I like this admitted. <laughs> so let's go with closer to 50% share their Netflix password uh, and Netflix could be cracking down on that. But listen, the, the the future is there. Everyone knows where this is headed. Everything's headed towards streaming. We kind of brought this on ourselves. No, but if you think I, about it. We didn't bring it. No, here's the thing. I, I'm not ashamed or I'm like, oh, I, I use someone's password. It was acceptable. And Netflix knows that. And Netflix allowed that. I remember I had like a, a gift card I got in the mail or something when Netflix first started. I didn't even pay for Netflix the first few years. Mm. So this password sharing was acceptable. And nobody, you know, none of these services cracked down on it. They knew it was happening. So now I think it's part of it. It's part of streaming, right? That you share passwords and have, and certain people pay for certain. I mean, when I mentioned all those that I get, someone in my family pays for those, just not me. So what I mean is, is we brought this upon ourselves is, remember when we all had cable and we complained? And we complained... I pay for 400 channels. I only watch five of them, for God's sakes. I don't watch all these others. Why won't they let me just pay for the channels I watch? Damn it. We bought this on ourselves. They're probably going that way. And be careful for what you wish. I agree, because Because now I pay individually for every channel I watch. Oh, you do? Yes. Because it used to to be like different programs. You could have the 100, the 200, the 300. No, then they offered a la carte, and you could do Mm, it. So now you can get a la carte, and that's expensive. It's more expensive. (laughs) See? Well, here's something else. Again, knowing where streaming is headed, Apple TV is going to start showing. Baseball games. Yeah, that's really? so weird. Apple TV will have a double header every Friday night that you can watch exclusively and only, only on, on Apple. Apple TV. I See, I think that's a risk because I don't think a lot of people have Apple TV. Well, that's the idea. They want you to get it. If you're well, a baseball fan, I you might have to sign people up. People just won't watch the game. Hmm. Well, it, it hasn't worked so far. How much is so Apple far. TV? $4.99? Oh, that's pretty cheap. $5.99? I mean, because like like Netflix that? is like now, I don't know, it's like $15 or yeah. something. It's 20 I don't even know. Well, the anymore. NFL, according to uh, the latest owners meeting, they're looking at developing an app, subscription streaming service, and all I can say is, take my money now! I will pay for it. Yes, the answer is yes, NFL. NFL Plus, uh, we may be able to uh, uh, see maybe by next year. Oh. 
I'm in. Because they in. need more money. They I'm need in. to make more. It's ridiculous. I will gleefully give it See, to See, you shouldn't. Get, what You're do you the want consumer that they know they can just Yes, I pull love in. football. I will watch all at of it. Cost, I love the at, at any cost. <laughs> at any cost. Are you kidding me? I'm going to win my fantasy football this year. of money. I, I mean, don't care how much money they're making. Ugh, it doesn't bother me. I do. It bothers me. Yeah. Nope. Uh, other people having money doesn't affect me in any way, shape, or form. Doesn't affect me. No, they want your money. It's not the money they're making. It's yeah, your. How much? Why are you willing to give up all that money? It's Isn't, my decision. Don't you have some standard at which no. you say no? No. Not for NFL? No. Okay. No. I'll pay whatever they want. Are you kidding me? You know what? I paid for tickets I to go to the game? they're, they're oh making their audience smaller by doing that. They're not, you not know. Not yet. <laughs> record record yeah. viewing and record revenue. If it's getting well, smaller, it ain't being shown in the numbers yet. Happy Wednesday. It's Bruce and Judy with uh, with you. And coming up later in April. It's practically April now. I'm already thinking about April. April, April. 30th at the Chicago Theater, Louis Black is going to be performing live, and he joins us right now. Lewis, good morning to you. Good morning. Excellent to have you on with us again. The Off the Rails tour is uh, coming to Chicago. Also, uh, you're going to be performing down in Champaign the next uh, the next night at the Virginia Theater. So, yes. Yep. In, in the area, if you will. Tickets on sale now. Just go to lewisblack.com. I, I, I feel like there's an elephant in the room, and we need to address it right off the bat. You mean not that thing? Yes, that thing. <laughs> Lewis, no, as a no. comedian. What happened? What are you guys I mean, talking as, about? As a comedian, as someone no, who, no, no. who does this. You know this, what? Here, I'm, I'm going to respond to help it. Me. You know what? This is, it, once again, it's like it's, it's the question I'm asked now. They, I got calls, will you talk about this? I go, you know what? It doesn't deserve to be talked about. Really? Okay? No. Fair enough. It's, but I'll talk about it, because that's the gig. But it really doesn't deserve the airtime it's gotten. You'd think it was like, oh, my God, he crossed the water. You know, so that, it's, it's an idiot. It was a, a bad joke, yeah. then followed by a bad move, followed by the, the most horrific speech in the history <laughs> of, of the Academy Awards. Like, this is God who's chosen me. What planet are you on? Right, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, a ve- he's a vessel of love. Yeah, uh, remember that. That, that yeah. speech was almost the real crime. But Lewis, and, uh, and then they give him a standing ovation. <laughs> he just slapped somebody, you idiots. So my, my, I actually wanted to ask you kind of on a bigger thing, though. You are a guy who stands on stage and tells jokes. And, and, and while I will acknowledge, I think maybe Chris Rock told a bad joke, um, you know, that's subjective in and of itself. You've probably told some jokes. You're like, mm, not the one I wanted. I mean, we are getting in yeah, a point you know now. what I do? What? I say that it's a bad joke. <laughs> okay. I do. But the point I is... literally cop to it immediately. Yeah, are... And the, the fact is, is there would have been more punishment for him if, if, if Will Smith had let that joke die. Yeah. That Chris Rock would have been the one punished and not Will Smith. Oh, that's interesting. No, I, I don't disagree with that. Are you... I mean, do you think... I mean, I don't sound silly, but... I mean, it feels like like a seminal moment, though, at least when it comes to comedy. The idea that, you know, it's not just a joke anymore. People are, uh, you know, going to respond physically to it. Well, he did because he's nuts. Okay? <laughs> Fair enough. He's a Scientologist and he's a then he follows the, uh, you know, he worships fruit. Well, I don't know what he <laughs> But I mean, you know, look, he was a Scientologist for a while. So that basically takes him off my kind of spectrum of sanity. Got it. Okay? 10-4. And, uh, and so 
and I don't expect the people who come to my comedy show uh, to to you know I've had people heckle sure and and the ones who really get angry um, usually can't get out of their seat because they're really angry because they're completely drunk. <laughs> that's what you hear is that because do you think because they they don't under they didn't realize your sense of humor before going or i mean or were you so that's, inappropriate that's, that you made him so mad i talk about that now to be i literally open, and now what they do now what happened with the you know the added thing with with what just happened, now I have a whole other layer to talk about. I open now with the fact that that, that people who show up and hear something come, that, that the ones who showed up and get upset with me are people who didn't really have any idea of who I was. There's plenty of time that they had to find out who I was. <laughs> and if they get upset, it's on them. It's not yeah. on me. Here, here. You're on you know, the internet and everything. And, and enough is enough. There and then what I do is I say I turn I said there are people here who overpaid to see me. Yeah. And you're gonna ruin their night. And that part of the audience is so loud that I think it works to kind of because it's not been bad. There'll be little pockets here and there of stuff. And mostly now I deal with, with people who really like me yelling out stupid <laughs> stuff. I'm one of them, okay, Louis? Again, <laughs> Off the Rails Tour is coming uh, to Chicago, going to be at the Chicago Theater April 30th, and then well, the next night down in Champaign at the Virginia Theater, lewisblack.com for tickets. Has it been uh, difficult or odd during uh, the COVID era? I feel like we're getting back to normal. You've been touring or whatnot. Here's a question. Is COVID funny? Are there jokes there? I mean, I talk about, no, COVID is not funny, but our response in many ways was funny. Yeah. And certainly that my act now is completely based. The act that I'm doing is completely based on how I dealt with the pandemic. Okay. And that is, I found, I wasn't sure, but when I started out, I kind of, you start looking, you know, you're doing your material. I mean, I started out with, a full-blown hour of stuff I'd never done and mm-hmm. just told the story of me and the pandemic and some other things that I dropped from the, the special that I thought was going to be in another special, which will then be in the next special. <laughs> because, seriously, because all of this stuff still holds. But, but it's about health care and, and gun safety. And it's still real. It still holds. It actually makes more sense to talk about it in the next special. Yeah, it's but not going anywhere. Special, this exactly, and, and, but this special, uh, I, I found that uh, I started talking about it, and people relate to it. Sure, and absolutely. It's, uh, and, and because I did it, I, I was, I, you know, and it's like kind of like I was in solitary confinement <laughs> for twelve weeks. I lost my mind. I bet. I, you know, what I was going to ask you: Are you actually really annoying? I annoyed. You know, do things really annoy you, or is it more of an act? Um, certain things really annoy me. Stupidity, yes, mm. uh, really annoys me. Um, the lack of common sense, you know, like the thing, you know, I watched that, you know, when I watched the, 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 you know, when I when we found it on social media that night, you know, that annoyed me. Uh, I looked at that and I went, oh no, you know, I literally was, I was really annoyed. Yeah. I was like annoyed that if it was my phone. Uh, that I was looking at, I would have broke it, and then, um, and then he, and then we turned on the TV. Now he's speaking, and now I'm a double annoyed. <laughs> yeah, but you can find humor in that, right? Yes, and, and <laughs> that's the best be part. It. You, you are. I thought, yeah, I thought really, what would have been great 
is if um, actually he'd gone on stage with a glove and slapped him, and they had a duel the next day. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Why don't they try that? Well, I I I know that they would know better than to come on stage and try that with you. So I, I that I'm that I'm fully aware of. But uh, you know, you you you've taken ranting to an art form. Uh, your 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 rants are epic to say the least, and uh, I find myself in lockstep with a lot of the the rants that you you do have. Um, you obviously take things from your life, you know, the, you mentioned the pandemic or the stupidity that happened over the weekend, and you turn that into a, a rant. Where do you, where else do you get inspiration? Um, I get it from like, uh, just the other things, you know, like I've got a rant in the, uh, the new one about cats. I've always, cats have always irritated me. Um, and I finally found out really kind of went down and figured out while I was sitting around why cats have irritated me. So I've Why do cats long. irritate me? Okay, I can't wait to hear that part. You know, well, because they, they're the only, uh, they, you know, they're the only animal that goes to the bathroom in a box. Huh? You don't think that's odd? <laughs> you don't think that it's a little weird that the, when you go outside, you see a squirrel building a hut for itself to go to the bathroom in? That's because no. they're hiding. The cats are actually hiding there because they're sending the ships. They're sending um, the uh, the... <clears throat> The uh, the videos they've been making of you back to the mothership. <laughs> That's how they track you. That's how That's they do how it. They track you, Lewis. Thank you for your time. Uh, people are going to be overjoyed to see you live, and they get just a little bit of that. Again, you should know what you're going to see. Lewis Black is going to to uh, talk to you about the things that get under his skin, and we appreciate it. And if you had, if you, and also um, the other reason is, uh, you know, right. Write out your rants if there's something that's really bothering you. At yes. the end of the show, I come back and do a live rant as do, and it's live streamed throughout the world. Yeah. And most of it comes from the audience that is sitting there or the audience that is, lives in Chicago or in Illinois, and I try to make sure that it's Those are really, two different places. Uh, a Chicago-driven show um, that yeah. goes to the rest of the world so people know what the people in Chicago are thinking. So I really look forward to coming back to that theater and uh, spending time there. I love that city. The rant is due at the end of the show, so yeah, don't leave. That's outstanding. Really excited to talk to you and can't wait to see you live. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank he's, you. He's Lewis Black, the Off the Rails Tour, again coming to Chicago April 30th at the Chicago Theater. But hey, if you're a little down south, don't worry. He's coming to Champagne at the Virginia Theater the next night, May 1st. All right. Thanks a lot to Lewis Black for his time. Hey, good morning to you and a happy Wednesday. It's Bruce and Judy. And maybe I should say happy National Hot Chicken Day. Yes, that's a thing. National Hot Chicken Day. And to celebrate it with us is Chicago's very own Epic Burger. My goodness, we've got uh, Ricardo and Nick in studio with us. Back hello, again. Hello, and great to see you. Outstanding. National Hot Chicken Day. Now, can I just address the issue right off the bat? The elephant in the room again. Sure, absolutely. You're called Epic Burger. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's National Hot Chicken Day. Take Discuss. it from there. Well... Well, I mean, you know, everyone was doing a, a, a spicy chicken sandwich, and, you know, everyone loves a, a really good chicken sandwich. So, you know, even though our name is Epic Burger, why not get into that and, yeah. you know, try to try to take some some of that business away from everyone else. So we kind of have a, we have a honey hot, you know, uh, sauce, so it's a lot different than what everyone else is doing. Um, so know, it's just, not hot? Is that what you're saying? It's, it's, it's sweet and <laughs> oh, hot. Okay. So we, we kind of tamed it down. 
for 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 some people. The weak sucks yeah, like yes. me. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. I take no offense. Yes. I take no offense. Good, good. <laughs> a great sandwich. All right. So tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's basically it's not on the dry rub, so it's uh, kind of more soaked into the sauce itself. Again, more on the sweet side, so we wanted to do a little difference. They. Uh, uh, from the competition and just get people in there, but it's juicy. It's been very successful. We introduced it about a year ago. Uh, you know, before everybody started jumping on that, that craze when uh, everybody was, uh, you know, on that chicken, uh, chicken sandwich craze. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. I think what makes it really good is the, uh, the chicken before it's breaded is brined and pickle sauce. Oh, so yeah. It, it keeps it that juicy and then it's a Cajun, um, flavored, uh, uh, there, batter and then just the spun in the like honey hot. science that goes into this, for oh, goodness sakes. Always. A lot of chemistry. But on a chemistry. scale of one to ten, how hot? Ooh. I well, need I don't to know. Go that, by I for, for us, yeah, is. for us. Yeah. I'm not on no, Ricardo's no, scale. For normal people. For normal people. <laughs> I, would, I would say a five. Okay. I don't think, it, I don't think okay. it's that crazy. Because yeah, I yeah. want to start eating more, you know, spicy things. Right. I, I didn't learn as a child, Ricardo. Yes. You were saying that if you don't learn as a child, Right, You're right, right. For some people, their baby you know Cheetos. I refuse, yeah. I, refuse, yeah, I refuse to believe that. I think I can overcome can my fear of hot. Yeah, spicy. so we're going to see. I'm going to, a five is, I think, a good place to start. Yeah, it's yeah. a great yeah. stepping stone for you. Okay. But for Ricardo, he's like, for the one and a half. Let's go, bring it. Come on. That's not even, you <laughs> well, know. Well, do you have a hotter version, or is this it? Is this your. This is this is our spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone. it it just gets more people to try it first. Right. Yeah. Instead of just saying spicy chicken, right. you know, it just has the, the touch of honey. So, well, you're not trying um, to run people, you know, is screaming out the door to get a glass of milk, you know, right, for their right. mouth either. You know? Yeah, I, I get that. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Again, the guys from Epic Burger are with us on National Hot Chicken Day. Did you guys come up with this? Did you lobby like the legislature for this? We need a National Hot Chicken Day. Where does that, that come from? Genius. I wish we had that. Power. <laughs> <laughs> every day would be something. It'd be different burger, pepper chicken, jack day, pepper jack day, egg burger day. day. Yeah. yeah, Ricardo Day. Just yeah, do it. Is that's fantastic. Yeah, speaking of pepper jack, it looks like there's a piece on that chicken. There sandwich. is just All a little right, bit just... more. Just maybe a six now. Okay. You have the cheese. How about the pickle? Are the pickles? The pickles are not, not hot, hot pickles. Okay. Not hot no. pickles. Thank that would be okay. a great idea. We'll no, no, it wouldn't. No, leave it, leave it. You want people like me to come in and try it. I yes. mean, that was a really good point you made because I just wouldn't do it. I would never look at a menu and say, I would like that hot chicken sandwich. Let me order the hot thing. Yeah, yeah. but if, when I see honey, when I see sweet, mm. hmm. Now I'm interested. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. Seven locations. You guys, locations. What, is, what is your world looking like these days? You know, um, I, I want to think we're getting back to hashtag old normal. Yeah. You tell me. You the see business, it every day. The, the city's come back. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we just had the River Dying Day, so our oh, park location yeah. was super busy all day. Um, but everyone's coming in. They're, it just seems like they're in a good mood. They're, you know, they get to enjoy restaurants in a normal-ish environment now. Here, here. So, um yeah, it, the mood has been great across the city, and you know, Absolutely. everyone's yeah, looking been at the numbers. Us. Numbers are coming back, right? So they're looking the numbers guy, of going course. Back, the numbers know, guy, back, so, <laughs> all right. Uh, it's been nice to to see everybody out and smiley faces at the restaurants. Ricardo, yeah. Nick, thank you guys so much. We are going to dig into some 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 mm. wonderful hot, uh, National Hot Chicken Day. Right. We sure. did bring a couple of strawberry shakes just in case oh, it's too hot. Oh, oh, so yes. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, I feel you much balance better. it out, yes. so to speak. That's called balance, and I appreciate the heck out of that, Nick. Thank you guys so much. Problem. And thanks to the folks at Epic Burger. Listen, there's still time for Judy to restore your faith in humanity.
Well, let's keep it on the food theme. A shorthanded school cafeteria manager recently called a BBC radio talk show asking for help in her kitchen. And everyone was stunned by what happened next. Tina Clark had been listening to celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay talk about his latest TV show. She called in and she told the host that she was cooking on her own at Edward Peak Middle School. One of her cooks was out sick. The alternate staff member was unavailable. And then she cheekily asked Ramsay if he would come give her a hand in the kitchen later that day when she needed to prepare school meals for 300 students. Well, Ramsay had to decline, but he sent one of his chefs to assist. Tina says his food tasted amazing, even though he wasn't allowed to use salt, much to his shock. (laughs) Now, Ramsay, who's generally known for being less than polite on his TV show, such as Hell's Kitchen and MasterChef, showed his true colors of kindness in this instance. Of course, those kids are probably now realizing they're not getting four-star lunches every day. (laughs) That's outstanding. That's tremendous. Yeah, I guarantee you the school lunch tasted a little bit different that day. Thank you very much. Judy Restore our faith in humanity. Hey, we appreciate you guys spending some time with us today, as well as think MG and the Posse and Mission Control. They hit all the buttons and they make things happen. Our infant producer Miranda sitting on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. Thank you very much for your help. Our DJ Tom, hush your mouth, young man, over there. And Nick Gale, who's sticking around with the news, the traffic, the weather, everything you need to know. He's got it coming up for you next right here on 890 WLS.